Hi, I'm Bob Crawford from the Avid Brothers, and the podcast you're listening to is part of the Osiris Network, a global community connecting passionate music fans with podcasts about music, artists, and culture. For more information about all the shows in our network, please visit OsirisPod.com. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 61 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside Jeff Kolath. Thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. And, um, you know, I was thinking as that intro music was playing, um, my initial intention was that I would use a different version of that segment of Driving Song every week for the podcast. But I love that version so much that I don't ever want to use anything different. <laughs> It's just so great. I just, I mean, I've, you know, I've used a few different ones over the weeks at different times and I just always come back to that one. It's just so perfect. It's the, it's Oak Mountain, May 3rd, 1997. And uh, yeah, just good. So Jeff, how are things? Doing all right. Going all right. Looking forward to this. Another, another episode of the blue estate. Yeah. So we're here. Um, (laughs) So, uh, last week we celebrated the 20th anniversary of the Travel and Light Tour, uh, the summer 1998 sort of blockbuster shed tour. And um, this week, this is one that we, I think we had like in our very initial uh, worksheet of potential topics. Um, we had as one of our, you know, one of the ones that we could touch on. And so here we are. 61 episodes in and we're finally getting to it and that is random openers and so we you know we looked at different um times it's essentially you know just it's not maybe random openers just rare openers uh songs that that were not uh, in the opening slot ever or very often except for these times that we're going to play tonight yeah, and I think we've it's it's amazing how songs that have been in the regular rotation for decades have have so rarely been in the opening slot. You know, it just there's there's songs that have just always sort of ended up there uh, for one reason or another. But there's a handful that just haven't. So I think we've touched on a few of those tonight. Some of them are, are, are rarities, or one of them's a rarity, um, but two of them for sure are songs that we we know quite well and have seen a bunch of times. So. So I am excited to uh, to get into it. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to follow up on, if I can find it, but maybe I can't. Oh, yeah. So um, we did uh, we did a show from Joe Riley Park a couple of weeks ago, and I meant to do this last week and forgot, but. Um, one of our listeners on Twitter hit us up and um, I guess was at one of the uh, Joe Riley Park shows. He said the stage was set up in the left center field um, and the 
July 17, 1998 show, which would have been part of the Travel and Light Tour, um, he said was fun, but they exceeded the noise curfew and had the sound cut off during Bowlegged. And then that never did return to uh, to Joe Riley after that. So we played the show from uh, 1997 <clears throat> at Joe Riley, which was um, 926.97. And um, what do we do? What was the uh, what was it? Oh no, it was the Charleston, South Carolina. You know, oh, it's the Trondasa yeah. Fest. You know, we were doing a, char- a Charleston show. Jeez, come on, Jeff. And um, there you go. Uh, and so we did the Do What You Like, Henry Parsons from 926-97, which was pretty crazy for a middle of the first set. And um, But then, yeah, I guess they came back the next year and uh, during the Travel and Light Tour and, um, and were a little bit too loud, which is funny. You know, that's sort of first full circle. <laughs> that was later in the summer. I, I got Danny started learning how to turn the, you know, sliders slide the sliders and um they got the uh they got it the, it says in the everyday companion there's a power outage during bow-legged woman disco bow-legged encore which is pretty nice so um just a little bit of follow-up i meant to do that last week but uh appreciate the um appreciate the info because obviously we weren't there and so it's good to have some some boots on the ground but um so, not to sidetrack us from uh, from our random openers, we want to get into it because I think we have some really good stuff to play tonight for this week. But um, Jeff, did you uh, did you find anything good this week to uh, to tell the people about? So I went back to sometimes when the when the world is not your friend, you need to find something that really you can just listen to and it just takes you to a good place and also just relaxes you. So one of the bands that I go to a lot for that is Seeger Rose. Limp. Oh, I thought it was Limp Bizkit. Yeah. No, not Limp Bizkit. You know, okay. in back in days of yore, of course. Um, but Seeger Rose, and they, they did a documentary over a decade ago called Haima, which is, I think I'm saying that right, which is a documentary, documentary of a of a concert tour they did in iceland their home country of iceland in 2006 and it's a really cool concert documentary because they play in a a bunch of different oddball places in the city they do a couple big public shows but they play in an old fish factory they play in like a old folks home slash community center type thing type thing and then also in a couple small theaters and stuff and it's right after their their record talk had come out um which is one of my favorite records of theirs so it's it is it's a very cool documentary i mean obviously they talk to the band but it's just it's just sort of lets you into the the world that that band came from which if you wouldn't if it wasn't iceland it might as well be outer space because um, they they're certainly unique and interesting, and love that band. And the documentary is fun, and so I recommend it. Hi, okay, cool. No, that sounds good. Um, so mine uh, is sort of um, dovetails from from one of our talking points last week, which was uh, Woodstock 1999. And um, I'm not going to take credit for finding this because that there was somebody on the uh, on panic freaks on the sandbox posted that and it is called um brass against the machine 
Have you ever heard this before? It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen or heard in my life. But it is, um, it's, I guess, what, a, like a nine-piece. Uh, there's there's one guitarist and a drummer, and then the rest are horn players, and they play Rage Against the Machine covers. Huh. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> and, they, and they have a vocalist, like a female vocalist, uh, who can kind of pull it off and um so they they're i guess they're from new york they they have a show on um uh scheduled in june at the highline ballroom but just one that's the only one scheduled june 15th and um there's there's they have several videos on youtube like studio work that they've done that's what i first saw and uh and there's a handful of tracks on like spotify or apple music um but it is awesome. It's so good. And, um, it's like, you know, several trombone, like two trombones, two trumpets, a sousaphone and a sax and a guitar and drums. And it's just so full and, and such a great, um, uh, tribute, you know, to, to rage and, uh, well, you know, well, um, well placed in in uh, <laughs> in these days <laughs> that we're living in, so uh, so I recommend to check it out. It's Brass Against the Machine, Brass Against dot com, or just you know search it on YouTube, and um, there's lots of really cool stuff, and uh, they're awesome. I'd love to see them. I think it'd be a good fun party band. All right. Were you a big Rage? I wasn't like a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, but I always like appreciated their music. And um, I think that Rage Against the Machine was the f- fifth or sixth CD I think I ever bought. Um, wow, yeah. I was I was very hip, you know, back in the uh, early nineties with my CD. You're music. still hip. You're still hip, Jeff. Old old guy hip is not hip. Um, but uh, but yeah, I listen to music I like to play play loud and the house and enjoyed it quite a bit but sort of not i was not aware of the uh, the politics uh, like i would be now and it makes me wish that they were still around because mm-hmm. i think we kind of need them right mm-hmm. now um but anyway um but yeah some interesting recommendations this week definitely on the uh opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of music. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> for sure which is all right. So let's get into our picks. We've got four selections for you. Um, I just chose one. Harvey chose three. Um, and, and as he likes to point out, his three are better than my one, which are, which is true. I'm not going to argue that. But um, I think the people are used to that by now, so there's not really a name. I did a nice job last episode, Harvey.
see Breathe the city in his lungs last night I leave his natural body To the trough to regain his mind Red rooster coated
Thank you. Okay. Widespread panic at the Uptown Lounge in Athens, Georgia, January 5th, 1987. Uh, the opener, feeling all right in the chilly water. Um, this show is, again, another really early show of panic. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven original songs in this set, including the sixth ever porch song. So it's hard to imagine a show being so old and like six porch songs by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting little, interesting little song and again, or segment. And again, it's super surprising that um, "Feeling All Right" hasn't been a, a show opener more often. It's been a set opener several times, um, including. Yeah, the only the only one only time it opened a show in ninety five times they yeah. played it. So. But it's been set opener three twenty seven ninety seven eleven sixteen ninety seven most recently, um, both of which are great. It's hard to believe that they. I mean. I get it's the, they played it on November twenty eighth two thousand in Bloomington. Didn't play it for seven hundred and forty nine shows, so they haven't played it since April of two thousand eleven. They haven't played it since, which is weird. You know, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It seemed like it was a pretty standard sort of every show, every tour, yeah. kind of. You know, but um, but yeah, not a, not a bad version again. Just sort of an interesting interesting artifact from the past. Yeah, and um, also you know the chilly water. Is definitely you know early had a sort of different kind of intro with the uh, the guitar. It was the uh, but that was their biggest original by then. They had played that thirty three times. So um, yeah, interesting. So um, that was Jeff's pick this week. I have all the rest, so you know it'll it'll get better. Trust me. Um. So we're going to pair a couple different segments together here. The first one is from uh, June 11th, 1996, the opener. And then we'll jump ahead three years to June 22nd, 1999. But uh, first things first, uh, from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, the summer 96 tour, which we are so fond of, Paolo Soleri Amphitheater in Santa Fe. Uh, how about a Papa's Home opener?
draws a gun right there in the square.
You just heard June 22nd, 1999, from the American Theater in St. Louis, Missouri, the opener, Blight into Worry, and before that, June 11th, 1996, from Paolo Soleri Amphitheater in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Papa's Home into C. Brown. <clears throat> and so statistically, the 96 show, um, that was one of five Papa's Home openers, but that's out of 496 all-time Papa's Home. So um, while it may not be, you know, the only one, it's just the, you know, the rarity of a song that's so regular. And um, I feel like that's, that's a, that's a really good opener. You know what I mean? Like it's just real slow, kind of gets you going. And then by the end you're rocking out. And uh, it seems like that would be one that you would see more often. But, um, but yeah, only five times out of 500. I agree. I think it's, 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 it's a song that makes sense in that spot. But it's kind of like, you know, and, and Paolo Soleri, if you're not familiar, you know, definitely Google it. It is a, it's a really unique, uh, venue. Um, not quite theater in the round, but it's like, you know, maybe 270 degrees of seats and, um, some cool architecture by, by the man named Paolo Soleri, who was a, uh, uh, an architect. And, um, so there's some cool, cool, uh, visual things and, uh, and tiny 650 is what the capacity says on Wikipedia. And we know that that's never wrong. Um, so <clears throat> it seemed like every show that panic played there and they played there, uh, you know, quite a bit, they played there. What's, Six times? Is that what we think? Six, six shows? Yeah, six times. Um, and it seemed like every time it was always kind of a, you know, 
uh, mystical or kind of a, you know, weird kind of show. It was never straightforward. They always kind of got out there. And so it's fitting that they played a rare opener uh, of Papa's Home in this 96 show. And then um, the other one we played from, from June 22nd, 1999. Were you familiar with the show from St. Louis? Yeah, this is, uh, this two night run is really good. Um, this was before the Red Rocks shows that I, I attended, but yeah, these shows are great. Um, you picked a great opener with the blight Warriors, super cool first set diner. And then second set, um, this is when the, the dirty dozens out on tour with the band. And so Christmas, Katie, red hot mama with them. And then low spark chili. The next night is, is, is pretty strong too. American is another place where the panic, where panic, and the panic, panic has done some, has played some really good shows. We can just start calling it the panic. The widespread. I like the widespread. <laughs> the, the widespread. <laughs> uh, that could be a thing. Um, but uh, yeah, both these shows are great. But uh, I mean, talk about starting off a, uh, a two night run in kind of a fun and interesting way with the, with some darkness, with some blight and some worry. Yeah. And, um, I mean, again, like, so they played Blight 239 times, and this was the only one that they played other than uh, New Year as an opener. The only one other than New Year's 01, which was sort of a, you know, sit down acoustic set with Vic Chestnut. And, um, but as far as sort of like a full band regular show, um, you know, it seems like Blight would be one of those songs that you kind of get you going. And um, I love, like, Right after it starts, like you can hear somebody on the microphone, on like in the crowds, be like, "This is awesome, dude!" It's like, yeah, it's like everybody's just totally into it. It's like good, good tape, good crowd energy. The first night of two nights in St. Louis, so um, they definitely got things going with the uh, with the opener, the blight uh, worry opener to get things get things going. Uh, so. Let's look, uh, move on to our last selection, which is a show that we were both in attendance for. And definitely, we've talked about this before. I can't believe it's taken us 61 episodes to get there. Um, but yeah, we, we, played, we, we played a segment of this show. Or no, actually, we haven't. We haven't played. I don't think we um, no, no, that's I can't believe that. Uh, I guess we played stuff from from the other nights of this run. Yes, yes. Uh, the third night we did, uh, but truly one of show. the best holy <laughs> moments I've ever experienced at a panic show. And just, I mean, as we've talked about, announcing your presence of authority, playing with intention, whatever you want to call it. This is this is it. This is the textbook definition of it. I think. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and um, it's funny. I hadn't, I hadn't listened to this in a while, and I, I put put it on today, and um, you could hear. I mean, there's so much energy in that room. It was the night one of three night run uh, at at Lakefront Arena in 2000, and so much energy, and you can hear like again, like somebody on the tapes, like, so what do you think they're going to open with? <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I guarantee you, there's not a single fucking person in that whole room who was like, oh, yeah, no, Sweet Leaf, Sweet Leaf opener. Like, no, nobody. I mean, 
you know, I think people had had high expectations for that run that it was going to be, you know, because they had obviously sort of dialed it up every year down there. But um, to come out of the box with Sweet Leaf was just, yeah, over the top. They hadn't played it at a Halloween in five years. They did it once, you know, but in those five years in Amsterdam. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely a, a uh, a uh, stage setter for the weekend and um so that's obviously it goes without saying it's the only the only sweet leaf opener they've only <laughs> played it 15 times but it's the only time it's open to show the uh the set openers that weekend are pretty strong sweet leaf cream puff war disco red hot mama with carl denson and crew and then sympathy for the devil and porch song so pretty pretty good overall um yeah, it just is, every time I hear it, it's just, it reminds me of just being in the building, but also just, like, the two thoughts I always have coming back are, like, this place, I think, it, like, the roof might actually lift off this place, because people were just yeah. losing their minds. And this is, I, I didn't, I, I was never a floor dweller. I like being up, if I could sit somewhere or be up on top, I like being there, and so I could see down and just, like just this swirling mass of people. It was pretty crazy to look at, but also just sort of like, where, where, where do we go from here? Like, okay guys. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, there's really nowhere to go, but down and somehow they figured out a way to go up from there. Um, even by the end of this show, I mean, the mercy's mercy pigeons, low spark is so good from the second set. And then the Arlene climate safety on course, crazy. And then the next night with, we wax poetic about that, the lawyers, guns, and money, and the stuff with Carl Denson and Trouble in Soul Kitchen, and then of course the last thing, which is epic, classic panic. So it just it doesn't get any better, and it's just just like this is this opener is just, it's just looking back on it, it's just pure brilliance, and you know one of the probably two hundred and seventy three reasons why I love this band, but probably the top five reasons why I love this band is because of this. What would you say? I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, the, the three moments of the weekend that had the, the the largest reactions of crowd were this, um, Lawyers, Guns, and Money at the end of the first set of the second night, and then the, the sympathy opener for the third night. Do you, can you rank those as far as like emotional reaction or the oh, oh shit, oh shitness? scale i think i mean i put lawyers first just because of how they did it because it was at the end of the first set it was after parsons people had already like run to the bathroom and it like vacated the premises to get a jump on everybody for the set break and then it's like this parsons ends like it's literally out of nowhere nowhere. it's just so awesome and then they start playing it like the best part about it was Sympathy was great, but it took a while for people to sort of, since it's since it a while, right. but like nobody really knew what it was until JB starts. Yeah, yeah. Like as uh-huh. soon as they hit the first note on Boyers, it's like, whoa. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the entire room just going. Yeah. So that, that to me was one, I would put Sweet Leaf, Sweet Leaf second just because it's the, 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 the run opener. And the Sympathy was cool. And, and on, of, of the three, Sympathy is probably my least favorite of the three. It's still good. But, um, but those first two are just are epic all-time panic moments, not just for me personally, but I think for the band. Yeah. And, I mean, a different, uh, 
you know, and again, like we're, you know, this week we're talking about openers. And so it, it is, is about the energy in the room when the lights go down and the band comes out and what's going to happen. Right. Whereas the, the lawyers is like a gut punch. You know what I mean? You're just like, Oh, well, that was awesome. That was great. Like, what, you know, what was that? Whereas, uh, but you know, definitely special place in the heart for, for openers that, that knock you yeah. out. And th- this one is definitely so, one of those. The thing about openers is that, I mean, you've seen the movie Almost Famous. I'm sure most of the people listening have seen the movie Almost Famous. And if you hasn't, if you haven't, for the love of God, please go see it. Um, is the is the scene the first time you hear Stillwater play? Is at a show, and it's in San Diego at the sports arena, and it, you know it's the band's back getting back backstage, and they're figuring you know they're getting ready to go out on stage, and the and the road manager comes out and he signals to sig- put, bring the house lights down and like they show that they show from the stage level out and they show this mass of people and on the stage is a rose and it's basically it's the photo from the neil young record time fades away it's the same it's the same shot and so the lights go down and it's like that moment to me is just reminds me of every panic show i ever went to it's just like that that moment of sort of anticipation that you feel when the house lights go down. It's like, what are they going to do? What are they going to play? And sometimes you get a sweet leaf, and sometimes you get shit. It just happens. <laughs> it's it, it's just part of the part of the ride. And again, we love this band, but I always speak for myself. I will also call a spade a spade, and I will say if I'm if I don't like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And there are sometimes there are openers where it's just like, ah. Why? And but that to me in that scene in Almost Famous is so perfect because it just it's that lights go down, people start screaming, band comes out, it's dark, you know, they play, lights come up, and then you're going like you're you're full on. So I love that scene and and yeah, it's great. Sweet leaf's great too. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should play it, right? Probably should. No, let's just not play it. Let's just let's just describe it for for everybody. I'll <laughs> I'll do I'll do uh Hauser guitar solo, mouth noises. <laughs> let's, let's play it then.
Widespread Panic, October 27, 2000, the Kiefer Lakefront Arena at the University of New Orleans in New Orleans, Louisiana, the first night of Halloween, Noloween 2000. I hope you played it loud. I hope you still can hear after that. Sweet Leaf into One Arm Steve and it makes sense to me. Um, how different would the weekend have been if they would open with One Arm Steve and make sense to me without Sweet Leaf? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because like, I, I was thinking about like counterfactuals and panic history. Yeah. Well, because like those two songs really like th- those are perfect slots at two and three after yes. Sweet Leaf. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, no, I would. That would have been, I mean, not a bummer. It would have kind of got you going, but like it would have been a, you know, an average opener. But after that, you're like, oh, you know, that's a perfect follow-up with just like you know um and a great spot personally i think for it makes sense to me because i don't like it as much at like a set closer position i don't feel like it's good enough for a set closer even though they do it all the time so like ending a little run like that in the you know mid set to me is where it belongs and um well of course the funny thing is is that they opened halloween 98 with one arm steve um, yes which you asked me during the break if there was when I said how oh, there's openers I don't like. I did not like that opener, <laughs> but they saved it right away. I mean, yeah, but it went into Fishwater, right? So I mean, Fishwater, that was, and then you know, Diner Port yeah. Sleeping Man. Like, okay, yeah. I, I, by, the, by the time I got to Diner, I had forgotten that they played One Arm Steve. Yeah, it was three minutes. You're you're moved on. It's fine. <laughs> and then, like you know, there. I think it's way more. Um, yeah, we're talking about openers this week. You know, I think like the 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 bar is way higher for a set closer or an encore um, 
you know, with an opener, just don't, you know, don't fall on your face. You know what I mean? Just get out and get us going. I mean, she got the KD. Okay, great. That's a good opener. Let's get going. Um, you know, but don't, you know, don't dare close the set with dying, man. Jeez, you know? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. So it's a different, definitely, you know, a higher bar to cross. But, um, but they definitely, I think the stuff that we played this week, even though they were rarities, in, in most occasions, surprisingly so, um, they definitely crossed, uh, definitely crossed that bar. Uh, even as low as it was, they cleared it with plenty of room to spare in, uh, in these instances. All right. That was episode 61. Harvey, you got any closing thoughts for the people? Uh, no, I just appreciate everybody's, uh, continued support. Um, you know, blueestape.com, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Appreciate all the feedback. Um, osirispod.com. There's a ton of excellent podcasts there. Um, talking with some folks about figuring out some ways to do some crossover podcasts, maybe, you know, getting us into some different types of music. I can't wait to get Jeff on a fish podcast. That's, that's my, <laughs> that's my secret goal. <laughs> <laughs> make make my 2018. Um, so yeah, look for things like that, and um, appreciate the folks who have supported the the podcast. It is, um, you know, we do this from the love of our heart and not from any uh, financial standpoint and it it costs us money to to put the podcast together and so we have had some folks that have helped uh support us that way and if you wanted to do that we would absolutely appreciate it just to help us keep the lights on and pay the bills so if you go to bluestape.com right along underneath the picture of michael hauser's hands there's a line of icons and there's one with a dollar sign if you click on that it takes you to stripe you can donate Whatever you feel comfortable donating, uh, we would be happy to have it. It would just help us every week as it costs, uh, costs money to put this out here. And we, uh, we want to keep doing it. And um, so uh, anything that you can do, we would appreciate it. Uh, don't want to turn this into an NPR uh, pledge drive, but um, every once in a while, I just want to make sure everybody's aware. So, um, yeah, and looking forward to, you know, being down in Memphis in a few weeks kind of crazy that like the summer is on us it sure is we'll have details about what we're going to do and where we might be and, and and so on but i hope some of you will be down there and maybe we can run into some of you guys so thanks everybody for for tuning in again this week again blueestape.com socials osiris pod and uh we'll see you again soon and let's head out house of the closing music can we do some uh some brass against the machine that's where i was going
Thank you.